All right, so today is, I'm going to talk about recognizing your saboteurs, which is just sort of another name for how you self-sabotage. Um, this is a little bit different than what Pete usually talks about because we know his wheelhouse and area of expertise is like all the stuff you need to do to make your business successful, right? Like build your email funnel, what goes on your homepage, all those things. And what I focus on a lot more is who you need to be, like those internal things that need to shift so that you become the person that you need to be to run a six or seven figure business. And so that's kind of where this came from. I started thinking about um, doing this topic today. So if you have a pen and paper, there will be a point where I'll kind of, I'm going to give you some different types of saboteurs and there's a much better assessment online um, at uh, positiveintelligence.com. The work that everything I'm doing today is based off of. But if you have a pen and paper, you can kind of go through as I list them off and rate them one to 10. And sometimes it'll give you a little picture by the time we're done, even of, of who who your strongest personality saboteurs uh, might be. So, okay. So all of, let's see. Oh, there we go. Okay. Let me move. I bet, are all of you guys' faces blocking the, <laughs> um, so basically today, what I want you to walk away with is this general understanding of kind of the idea of positive intelligence, your sage and saboteurs, how to recognize when your saboteurs are popping up, and what to do once you see them. So this is all, everything I'm gonna to say today, I give complete credit to, it's all based on um, the work of Dr. Shirzad Tamin, hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, for those of you who are listening to this after the fact, I have a slide up right now that has a big list of like all his multiple degrees. He's a Stanford lecturer, best-selling author of this book, Positive Intelligence, where he published a series that he's worked for years to build. Um, so anyway, all of this is based on his work and I am condensing like a lifetime of work <laughs> into a 20, 25 minute uh, quick, you know, kind of package that can be usable. So if you find it interesting and you want to dig into it more, his website is positiveintelligence.com and that's the name of his book also. So just kind of to give you a big overview, the theory of positive intelligence is just that, just like there's intellectual intelligence and emotional intelligence, he presents the idea that we also have a level of positive intelligence that affects our level of general happiness, meaning we all have these like um, negative mental forces that he calls saboteurs, positive mental forces that he refers to as the sage, and they're always kind of in a battle <laughs> mentally, but the more we can draw on the sage, it's like deeper, uh, resourceful, creative part of us, um, the happier and more successful that we can be. So, let's see. so the general theory about the saboteurs, which is, can be kind of these negative forces or voices that we have in our head that self-sabotage things that we are trying to accomplish, um, is really that they start out when we're children as guardians that help keep us safe emotionally. And they just protect us from real or imagined threats that we see as children. So this doesn't mean, I mean, certainly this can be more pronounced if you do have a difficult or traumatic childhood history, but even in happy childhood, life throws us curveballs, weird things happen, you know, the string on your gym shorts uh, snaps when you play dodgeball and everyone sees your underwear, like, you know, there's moments that everyone has 
growing up that you're like, I will never let this happen again. And those are usually the moments that we start to some sort of emotional protection mechanism that kind of works as like a guardian to keep us emotionally safe starts to grow. Once we get to adulthood, we don't really need these guys anymore. Like we're grownups, we're autonomous, we have some control over our environment usually. But by that time, these like emotional coping mechanisms that um, Dr. Chameen calls saboteurs are so well embedded in like kind of our mental model of how we see things and deal with and react to things. We don't even know they're there and that they're not help helping us. So they're a little like a spy that has like wiggled his way in to your inner circle and you trust him and think that what he's saying is helpful but in reality, it's like a saboteur or a spy that's worked his way into like your mental, um, your mental circle of friends. So it's fine to say that like in fluffy general terms, but how do you really recognize when these are popping up? So I'm going to kind of go through real quick, like what these actually look like. Um, so the, the main saboteur, like the big guy, if you were playing a video game, he would be like the main dude you get to at the end, except for we all have him. His, his uh, name is the judge. And he's this, the voice in your head that's just critical of everything, critical of yourself, critical of people in your life, critical of circumstances, you know, kind of beats you up over mistakes. Like he just has a judgment about everything. Um, and so it, he's just always there, kind of ever present. Um, I'll give you an example and kind of how I have been dealing with my judge this week <laughs> is I decided to raise my rates and I have all week that had this voice in my head that's like, oh my God, who are you to raise your rates? Like, this is crazy. Everyone is going to laugh when they see them, when you publish them on your site later this week. Like, this is ridiculous. Who charges that? Why would you do that? This, like, and so I have been kind of battling him. Um, all week. But when we get to when I talk about how you figure out how to deal with them, I'll talk about like how this week I've been like trying to put him in his place. So the other thing is, um, usually along with our main judge, we have kind of um, accomplices. So these are accomplished saboteurs that work with our judge. And they're very specific to each of us, um, depending on our personalities, and our motivations, and you know, how they were formed when we were young, um, depending on the experiences we had. So I'm going to go through these just quickly. And this is kind of the place where I was saying, if you have a paper and pen, and when I go through them, if something, you can just rate them on like a scale of one to 10, like how much that sounds like it hits home. Like, yes, I have heard that saboteur in my head before. And you'll kind of notice usually once we go through them that um, there's usually like, two, maybe three that usually have the highest, that they're the highest. They're the ones you see pop up the most. So let me just kind of go through each one quickly. And there's like, oh my gosh, if you take the saboteur assessment at um, positiveintelligence.com, it will give you a lot more information about each one. But I think the most important thing that it gives you about each one is kind of the lies that they tell you, how they present themselves, that they're being helpful to you um, when really they're not. So you can recognize that. So there's nine of them. The first one is the stickler. So the stickler has a need for order and organization that's taken just like way too far to the point that it makes you and others around you feel anxious and uptight. 
So it kind of stresses everyone out with like these extra measures of protection uh, or perfection that aren't actually necessary um, or perfection. Sorry, I said protection, but like extra measures of perfection that aren't really necessary. Um, the lie it tells you that it's helping you is that this perfectionism is always a good thing. The second is the pleaser. So this saboteur really wants to have approval or affection of everyone. They want to be liked. And so they do things um, to help or to please people or um, to flatter them or make them happy. But it really is to such an extreme that they lose sight of their own needs. And so it leads to being resentful. But the lie that it tells you is it's good to help other people. It's good to help others. Uh, number three is the hyperachiever. So the hyperachiever is really dependent on constant like performance um, or success for self-respect and self-validation. So um, they stay very focused on external success rather than like an internal criteria for happiness. So this very often will lead to workaholic tendencies and uh, have fallout in relationships and kind of losing touch with those needs from feelings and relationships. The lie that it tells you, though, that keeps you going is that your worth is dependent on that measure of external success. Um, number four is the victim. It wants you to feel emotional and, as a way of gaining attention and affection. So there's like an extreme focus on internal feelings, particularly those that are painful. Um, these are the people that tend to have kind of like a martyr streak. Uh, and a lot of times people around them will feel frustrated because it seems like they can never make them happy. Um, but the lie that the saboteur tells you that keeps it going is that this is the best way to attract caring or attention to yourself. Uh, number five is the hyper-rational. So this is like an intense focus on the rational processing of everything, including um, uh, relationships. So um, it causes people to be, this saboteur will cause people to be really impatient with emotions and not really give a lot of weight to any emotions or, um, you know, feelings and decisions. Um, they're usually uh, can be, when the saboteur comes out, it can manifest itself like the person seems cold or distant or intellectually arrogant. It kind of limits depth and flexibility and Usually the lie that it tells um, to maintain itself is the rational mind is the most important. Number six is hypervigilant. Um, you feel intense and cautious anxiety about all the dangers that are around you and what could go wrong. There's a lot of attention on what can go wrong. Like there's never any rest. And this is the kind of saboteur who just stresses you and people around you out over time, like just wears you down because it's so hard to be hypervigilant hyper all the time. Um, but the lie that it tells you is these dangers that are around are bigger than you know, and the only way you conquer them is to be hypervigilant. Number seven is the restless saboteur. Um, the restless saboteur is like constantly in search of greater excitement, the next activity, like perpetual busyness, just doesn't allow very much peace and contentment in the current activity. And so it just gives you like this never ending stream of distractions, um, which usually causes when this saboteur is driving the bus to kind of lose focus on the things that are important to you because they're so sucked into like the busyness. Um, the lie that it tells is that 
you're living life to the fullest because you're so busy. The reality is usually that busyness is causing you to like miss really experiencing your life. So that's kind of the downside to it. All right, last two. Um, number eight is the controller, which is like a very anxiety-based need to take charge, um, to control situations, to have other people um, kind of bend to your will of what you want to see happen. It generates a lot of high anxiety and impatience when you can't be in control or in charge. Um, that, that saboteur does not like it when he is not in control. Um, in the long run, the big problem with the saboteur when it takes over is it generates resentment in other people, and it also prevents people around you um, from kind of developing their fullest capabilities. So, but the lie that it tells is that you need to be in control to generate the best results from the people around you. Lastly, the avoider. So the avoider focuses on like the positive, positive and the pleasant, but to the extreme. So it avoids like unpleasant tasks, um, any kind of like confrontational conversation, it leads to a lot of procrastination. Um, but a thing that you'll see a lot is with this is eventually there'll be like a big eruption <laughs> because there was festering conflicts um, because there was just like an avoidance of dealing with it. So the lie that it tells is that you're just looking at the positive, like it's okay, um, because really you're just being positive. So that's why it's, it's okay. So that's kind of in a, a quick rundown. Uh, like I said, there's a lot more information about each of these, but the important thing about kind of figuring out which one is like your top saboteur is being able to pick that saboteur out when he hops in the driver's seat and is driving your bus. Um, so this is kind of just what I was alluding to is that we want to make sure we can recognize these guys because whenever we're faced with a challenge in life, the saboteurs kind of hijack our brains and drive the bus or our reactions. We think it's us reacting, but usually they are generating a lot of negative feelings like anxiety, stress, fear, guilt, shame. That's one way you can recognize them. Um, and then we don't make decisions based on our more resourceful, creative, compassionate place, our sage. So this is the thing that comes up pretty often when I first talked about this is like, there are things that many times people will say, well, you know, this like self-criticism that I have drives me to be better. Like this is really a benefit. And if all of us just have all this positivity all the time, won't we just become like lazy, sloppy, inattentive, incompetent, inconsiderate slobs? <laughs> like, if we don't have this driving force? And the answer is no, we are underestimating ourselves. And here's the difference. So, um, and this is like a direct quote from Dr. Shermin. It's true that your saboteurs have successfully pushed you to improve and succeed through fear, anxiety, blame, shame, guilt, et cetera negative reinforcement, like they are the stick. However, research shows that you would succeed even more if you were pulled by the inherent positive feelings of curiosity, compassion, creativity, love for yourself and others, love for contribution and self-expression, all positive reinforcement, and you'd be a lot happier and less stressed in the process. So basically, we can still accomplish the same things and be a lot less anxious in the process if we just kind of lead with that sage brain and learn to recognize our saboteurs and call them out.
And he has a lot more information about strengthening the sage part of your brain, but that is like way too much for a discussion today. So <laughs> we're just going to focus on being able to call out the saboteurs. The other reason that you'll still be awesome and how you can use these as kind of as helpful and then move on is it's a little bit the same as physical pain. So there is a purpose to physical pain, right? Like it gets our attention. It tells us when we need to do something. But once you realize that, once you get the message it's trying to give you, like there's really no purpose to the pain anymore. Like we've, we've attended to the thing and now we can move on and the job is the job, the pain's job is really no longer helpful. So saboteurs are kind of the same way. Once we recognize them and we, they start to play in our head um, and it brings something to your attention, we can start to look and see, is there anything helpful here that I need to get from this that it's really trying to bring to my attention? I mean, remember these guys started as guardians. They started to be helpful. If there is, we can pull that out. If there's not, we can like, thanks, but I got this. You can move on. So I kind of have an example of this, um, and I alluded to one personally earlier, but so you're feeling anxiety about giving a presentation. The judge is like, you're going to bomb this. You're awful. I, you, you blew that last presentation you had. Like, no one is going to want to hear this. Like, there's all these things that are happening in our head, right? So when we kind of step back and think, all right, oh, wait, I see you, judge. I see that this is like, you're, you're going on here. When you step back and think, is there something helpful I can pull out of this? And you look and think, gosh, I really didn't actually put any time aside on my calendar to prepare for this. So I probably should do that. So you stop, you block a morning out, you make sure you have access to the resources you need to build the presentation. And then like, okay, so that was helpful. I got the message. And then next time you hear that judge's voice, you can just be like, hey, don't worry, I've got this, you can go. I, I got the message, you can move on. And that was kind of what I pulled out of my judge this week about raising my rates was like, okay, wait, is there something helpful I can pull out of this? And I realized like, you know, that message is keeping me from maybe raising my rates to like something that I might not get any new clients with. But I thought to myself like, okay, I've looked at that. I know that this is like market rate for you know, my experience and training level. And, you know, I think that that's okay. And I kind of thought through it and thought like, okay, I got the helpful message out of this. And now I'm like, he's just got to go. I got this. You don't need this. So these are the big saboteur giveaways to recognize them is when you're having that same thought or worry or anxiety, like over and over again, and there's no additional helpful information, right? It's just the same thing coming back over and over. Um, and then the second one is when you start to notice the shoulds in your thought a lot, I've noticed with my coaching clients that that can very often be saboteurs. So it's just like something to be kind of on the lookout for when you start to hear those. So the big thing is the secret to like combating this because, you know, they were there to keep you safe. Um, but now they're probably like, they freak out when you're gonna do anything that's new or different or scary, like when we launch a product or <laughs> when we hit publish on something new on our website, like that's when they start freaking out because they're trying to emotionally keep us safe and they will start screaming at you. So the big first thing is like just recognizing them, you know, knowing kind of who your major ones are. Um, like I have a major accomplice people pleaser. 
And so now I've realized when I have to negotiate with partnerships with other entrepreneurs that I'm going to work with or different things like that, um, people pleaser accomplice comes out in such a way that she wants to make sure I stay safe because I like people to like me. And, you know, that will like take over and drive the bus sometimes in the exchange. But I end up not saying the thing I really need to get out of this, you know, arrangement. And then later on, I end up resenting it or it doesn't work. And then there's like leads to other conflict. So it's just not really great for anybody. Um, So just recognizing that, like I call her my Stepford wife. (laughs) because you know how they just like, I don't know if any of you ever saw or read that book, but it's like, they just do whatever anyone wants and they're very robotic. And I just, I kind of jokingly um, think of her as that. So, and so that's one of the things you can also like, after you thank them for bringing them any, any helpful things to your attention, a lot of people will just give them a persona or a name or something that kind of lightens them a little bit so that then they're easier to dismiss. So for example, the stickler who wants everything done a very specific way, um, I've heard of people renaming him the drill sergeant. So for example, when you go to open the dishwasher and realize like your kid or your spouse loaded the dishwasher without being asked, and your sage part of your brain would be like, oh, that's so nice. They, I appreciate them you know, pitching in and household chores. But the stickler, the drill sergeant looks and goes, oh my God, the balls are on the top instead of the bottom. (laughs) And, you know, kind of hijacks things. So instead you can just like hear that voice and be like, oh God, the drill sergeant is freaking out. But I just need to like put him in his place. The other thing, and this is actually probably the bigger one. And the one of the big ways that um, in Dr. Tremaine's like, he has some kind of like a six week program thing that he does. But um, building the sage muscle is, you know, sometimes it's a lot easier said than done to just dismiss these saboteurs. They come back over and over and over and they're loud. So you want to move. They actually come from part of your brain that is like the survival part of your brain. And what you really want to do is move out of that survival part and into, you know, the upper part of your brain that is more about, you know, your wise and creative self. So When you're hearing these voices over and over in your head, you've already identified them as a saboteur. You've already gotten any helpful information out of it. You just need them to go away. Just take 10 seconds and focus on a physical sensation. Um, A lot of people describe this just as mindfulness. And that could be holding a warm coffee cup. That could be 10 seconds of focusing on your breath. That could be literally feeling your butt in the chair. as you're in a meeting. Um, But anything like really just focusing on a physical sensation for 10 seconds will shift the part of your brain that is working. And then a lot of times you can just move on with your life. So this is kind of the last thing, the sage. Um, Like I said, there's, that's a whole nother, um, Dr. Charmaine and all his uh, work has like lots of exercises that you can strengthen the, the sage superpower. But basically, the goal being that you live more in that sage brain than in your saboteur brain. Um, And, you know, the more you practice recognizing those saboteurs, coming back to yourself for 10 seconds, um, the bigger that sage grows so that um, eventually they can just squash those saboteurs when they pop up. That's kind of the goal. And then lastly, for more information, you can check out his website that I know I've mentioned a few times. You do have to give up your email address, um, but I think for the saboteur assessment, it's pretty interesting because of the extra information you get. So that could be helpful, and I would recommend that one. So 
Okay, well, I am going to stop recording for um, those in the OIMOP podcast um, and hang out with those who are on the live call with me for a little while. Thanks, y'all.